1: and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. because it's two decades too late for Y2K to take care of it all for us. My name is Kevin, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Benedict, whose New Year's resolution is to finally find Pizza Rat and convince him to perform again. (laughs) Benedict! (laughs) What was your favorite part of our weekend? Ooh, good question. (laughs) Uh,
2: I think the Korean Barbecue.
1: Oh, more, okay. It has to be. Yeah, that ceviche was great on Saturday, yeah, though. It was. It but was that good. Korean barbecue, you you knocked it out of the park. That was that was Thank a good you. choice. That place is fantastic. I it's very
2: easy to knock it out of the park with restaurant recommendations in New York. Yeah. Literally, like
0: everything's good. <laughs> You're like, Hard Oh yeah, yeah. That.
2: I really put a lot of thought into that one, and uh, <laughs> we wouldn't have found such a good restaurant if we just like winged it on the day. That's uh, yeah. It's good that I booked, because otherwise we'd have been screwed.
1: Anyways, <laughs> Benedict
2: hey, um, it. What was your favorite part of uh, it? No, thing? I
1: agreed with you. I agreed okay, with you. Cre- there. Okay, Korean food Bob. wise, K K, K-, K- Bobs. Yeah. Food wise, that was the best. Actually, you know what? The sandwiches your wife made for breakfast. The breakfast pretty sandwiches. fucking good.
2: Also, that was yeah, great. that was pretty great. She's, with your, she's uh, pretty, pretty homemade chorizo. Yeah, little homemade chorizo. Yeah, little fantastic. homemade chorizo. Breakfast sandwich. That's that'll do it. Uh,
1: but uh, no, also, uh, I, mean, I think so. We recorded last week's episode right before we. You know, there was an early afternoon on Saturday. And yep. then that evening, we went and saw the play that goes wrong, which was which fantastic. Was also good. We had a great time there. Um, and then we almost died walking up your stairs again. Yep.
2: Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Kevin's never visiting this place again, partly I, oh, because yeah, I'm moving, no, but I don't think he would anyway, because... And I
1: just humbly request that next time you don't get a fifth floor walk up. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how New York We Yorker will certainly at. see. Anyways, Benedict, uh, you probably know I what do. it is we do here. On this program, uh, other folks out there, they might not know exactly what it is we do. And to them, I would say, is this is the show where we go a deep, a deep, 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 to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a viewing chapter from work of conservative literature. And in between, taking a look at the examples of the right, doing their best to make America hate again and start us off, Benedict. Do you have a hot take for us this, week? this yeah, year? Yeah, I think
2: I, this year. The take of we'll, the year. No, 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 let's not do that because it's not, it's not all that. <laughs> Um, but, but the
1: whole thing was designed to be lame takes from the beginning. Well,
2: that's true. Yeah, I think orange juice is a deeply underrated non-breakfast drink. Okay. Is what I was gonna say. Uh, people drink you, it for breakfast, and you I kept I think that they offering
1: should... me orange juice while I was over, and I I kept know, and you never why <laughs> t-
2: you never took it, and it's I am just saying, I I'm think it's a underrated juice person. Well, I, look, I, you're the target of this hot take then, mm. because I think it is underrated as a non-breakfast drink. To be drink.
1: fair, when I was younger, orange juice was my number one drink. Like that was I would I but would like, go through the gallon. But like orange juice
2: or orange Sunny D? No, those are actual,
1: same. my mom wouldn't buy Sunny D. She would buy okay. orange juice.
2: Did she think it was Because she kill thought you? it
1: was healthier, and of course she's wrong. It's full of sugar. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, she wouldn't buy the Sunny D. She'd get regular orange juice, and I would I would drink a lot of orange juice. Like i I'd, mm. I'd go through a gallon of orange juice in a couple of days.
2: Okay, so what stopped you? How are you no longer a big orange juice guy?
1: I don't know. I think maybe it's something your taste buds change as you get older. You know, is it the
2: heartburn that you can't you take know, that it, little the tummy can't take the acid anymore? You know what that might actually be. So <laughs> I do have
1: chronic heartburn. I have heart, I have. I take you know a little pill every morning like an over the counter yeah. heartburn thingy, Esomeprazole. Um, sure. and so at one point in my life though, before I realized that I could deal with my heartburn with that, I did have to like cut out everything that gave me heartburn and that might be around the time I stopped drinking a ton of orange juice cuz it did the orange juice will mess me up uh,
2: yeah i mean that is true uh, <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> i'm joking but it will fuck you up it is it very really acidic <laughs> <laughs> it's like drinking very mild acid just <laughs>
1: yeah i mean basically yeah that's uh, what it is generally yep.
2: um what's your what's your hot take of the year my
1: hot take of the year benedict uh new year's resolutions are a bit overrated. great a bit overrated uh, yeah i mean
2: this is again a very bad hot take because i think everybody is <laughs> aware of that i exactly uh, that's
1: kind of the point though
2: yeah what you what you don't you think they're bad and no one sticks to them wow what a brave soul yeah you know but y-
1: i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i'm I'm just look hey hey people are gonna people are gonna want to silence me they're gonna want to cancel me for this take
2: that's true but uh anyway, I, I, think- I, I i am one of them i would like to cancel you
1: most people don't stick to their New Year's resolutions. Wow. Do wow.
2: Wow. How What's could you accuse the deal people? with
1: New Year's resolutions?
2: How could you accuse people of such a thing?
1: The other day, my girlfriend said her resolution was to graduate from high school. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> when did boy, we turn into such James an anti-Jerry Seinfeld show? I <laughs> don't you know.
2: When he'd start dating a high schooler. Yeah, probably, probably that's around his... then.
1: Probably around then. <laughs> that might have something uh, to do with
2: it. That's, uh, it's, that sounds about right at the time.
1: <laughs> Anyways, Benedict moving into along. Not a high schooler so, a
2: college student, obviously.
1: I'm going to do things in a little bit of reverse order this week. Uh, okay. Because it is, as I said, it's our it's our end of the year show. It's our New Year's show. If you'd like, as I would recommend, put this show on at, insert time remaining until New Year's Eve, here uh, and then and let us carry you into the new year. We'll even do a countdown at the end of the show with you. Uh, I don't think
2: that anyone should do that. <laughs> I, I won't even be doing I don't even want to spend the new year with me. <laughs> <laughs> Why would anybody want to do that? That's terrible.
1: Walk into the new year with your favorite two uh, weirdos whose voices you hear far <laughs> too often than you should. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs>
2: Maybe everyone's New Year's resolution should be to take a break from this podcast. (laughs) Maybe that'll be my New Year's resolution that I won't keep.
1: Maybe. But, uh, so this is our New Year's show. We're, we're not doing the normal type show stuff today. We're going to be talking about what we've done over wow, the last year. Wow, us not
2: sticking to fucking form. Doesn't what a
1: that, uh, never happens here. Uh, yeah. We're going to be talking about what we've done on the show over the last year, what's coming up on the new year, and we do have one video to watch that I think Yay. pretty much encapsulates our year in total. Uh, should just uh, end it pretty nicely for all of us. But, that said, we're going to skip the bookshelf for now because we're going to do sort of a... Uh, you know, recommendations of the year. What's uh, <laughs> what's the stuff from the year that we think uh, everyone should uh, go ahead and check out? But I will move right along to housekeeping, Benedict, mm. uh, and say that rate and review us on the iTunes. Uh, yep. Follow us Always. on the social medias at NYGBC Pod and at NYGBC Ben on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. For updates, just one update, and that is that I know there was some hum and issues with the audio last week. Uh, that's primarily because I was recording. <laughs> he
2: knows because he's just been editing it. I was literally
1: just editing it, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, that was because I was using this little portable recorder, and it wasn't exactly set up to do things the way I needed them to be done. So there was some some distortion that happened with just with the audio that came from the little computer. That's that,
2: weird. Why?
1: Uh, it's because of the way I, I because I used a sixteenth jack. For that okay it's, you've already matter, lost me matter. i don't care yeah <laughs> i didn't use an xlr wasn't a balanced cable there's all sort of distortion there's all sort of hum on it uh but so uh sorry about that we'll do better next year for our holiday special i promise <laughs> uh but benedict we do have two inductees into the spooky world who world are, are world
2: they world. tell me they
1: are of course benedict taru to
2: of course always you are
1: now part of our
2: New World Spooky World Order blah, blah. Sorry, New Year World <laughs> New Spooky World Order blah, blah.
1: And Zach Turchansky, you are now part of our New World Spooky World Order New Year Blah. And that is because those two uh, made suggestions for things they wanted us to take a look at here on the final episode of the year. Uh, That's kind. One well of done. them one of them recommended that we go and watch the uh, Ben Shapiro Destroys Barbie video. We should uh, do that. Which,
2: I know we said we were going to, yeah. but we should And, and also the reason why we're not going to do it.
1: that today, I think, is because I think we might still be doing that as a patron, patron only at some point. It is
2: now on uh, HBO, whatever.
1: Yeah. yeah, I saw that. And so I was thinking maybe, okay, I'll sit down and watch Barbie and we can, we can talk about it and we'll do it. Uh, but the other part is that uh, one of them, one of them, I won't say who, I won't say who, uh, but you'll know as soon as it starts playing. Did give a suggestion that is related to what we'll be doing for our our final video of the year uh, mm. to, to ring in the new year. That'll be pretty fun. But, of course, if you would like to join the Spooky World New World Order, blah, you can tweet or post about the show on social media, recommend it to others, and send me a screenshot or tag us in it. Leave us a five-star review wherever you can and drop me a screenshot to let me know. Make a donation to a worthwhile charity. Become a patron. Or just get my attention with something good. And Benedict, with all that out of the way, why don't we finally begin the New Year holiday stravaganza episode. Okay. Uh, with our recommendations of what was the finest, the finest bookshelf material. The finest material. vintages available. Finest bookshelf material of the year. And I know I gave you a relatively short time to think of what you wanted would to say put on your list.
2: a very short time.
1: <laughs> like 10 minutes?
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: it's been a very rushed afternoon for me here. I had a lot yeah,
2: of work in That's okay. I always uh, improvise. Uh but so, let me just stick.
1: lay out the ground rules, right? Uh, it doesn't. It, it, we're going to stick by our normal bookshelf ground rules. It doesn't okay. have to be something that was released this year. Although I do have several that were just released this year, um, and it can be something that we just did. You know, we read, we viewed, we listened to this year, and that we enjoyed, that we think people should experience. That's what okay. I'm laying out as the ground rules for our bookshelf of the year. Okay. Uh, Um, Start us off Are
2: we doing, let's say How many are we doing? As many as you like I have four on my list Okay Um, I will start with uh, Richard Hofstadter's Anti-Americanism (laughs) Anti-intellectualism in American (laughs) life (laughs) Which by the way,
1: I don't even think you can If you're going to buy a paper copy I don't think you can buy it separately Of that little collected volume that we both have no, I don't think so. I think yeah. it's,
2: that's the only one in print now. Probably. Um, it's just, I, I mean, I like Richard Hofstetter a lot, generally. I think he's mm-hmm. a, a very interesting uh, historian in the Marxist tradition. Um,
1: and probably a lot of his thoughts are really salient for yeah year 2023. Seems right. And going um, into 2024.
2: I think that it yeah it's, it's a really interesting book I think it was like, written in the 60s I think and America has not changed as much as you would think that it has yeah. changed uh, I don't remember when 60s. that
1: one was written because I know that uh, the paranoid style was directly responding to McCarthy yeah so, but that, that would have been late 50s I don't know when um, that I don't know when that one was written
2: okay uh, yeah I forget also but I mean uh, the American political tradition is also great I like that one a lot again in the same volume of,
1: of work. Um,
2: but yeah, do you want me to do all of mine? No, let's, or go, back want... and forth. let's okay, go back well, and you, forth. Okay, well you you, you go the then, then, you go next. You
1: so go next. my next, my first recommendation of the year is going to be a book that you saw me trying to heft across I the did. streets of New York. Uh, tome, it is a fucking tome, uh, which is Leonard Zeskin's Blood in Politics. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's sort of, it's, it's the work of the history of the white supremacist movement in the United States. Um, and it's, Boy, is it a lot. It is a lot. You flipped through it and you were like, no, thank you. Uh, (laughs) And I think over my 21-hour train ride, plus I read a little bit in the evenings when I was over at your place and then my flight back, I think I got through a total of like 120 pages because I have to highlight and take notes. On everything, and I keep being okay. He's citing to this. I want to read that now, uh, which is causing all sorts of issues for me as far as completionism has occurred. Uh, but uh, I never—that always happens with me. I'm never able to finish something without like uh, an ad, like a book that's that's uh, a nonfiction book without picking up something they've referenced and going and reading that before oh, I get to the yeah. End of the first that's
2: thing. uh that's ADHD, and I have yeah. that too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A lot of self-diagnosing ourselves going yeah. on. here.
2: On no, but whenever it's nonfiction, I'm like, uh, oh, that's interesting. I'll go read that. And that's why I never finish a book. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> Not okay. never, but it takes me fucking forever.
1: But yes, Blood and Politics, boy, is it a fantastic book. Uh, it's, it's really great. Um, and it, yeah, like I said, it's sort of the definitive history of the white supremacist movement. Uh, it ends around, I think, the, the mid 2000s. So not up to the current day, but uh, it is certainly going back to like the 30s up until the 2000s ish it is covering just about all the big the big highlights of the movie that you need to see Benedict next one on your list
2: my next one on my list is one that you bought for me um i can't remember if it was this year that you bought it but i definitely read it this year um i think i know which one it is what do you think it is
1: i think it's uh uh, it's the the um atlantic writer you love Uh, No, it's not that one. Oh, not that one. Okay, that that I don't know. That I don't know.
2: No, no, it's the Paxton fascism book.
1: Oh, yes, you read it? Um, Yeah. I'm very surprised. You usually ignore things I I send you to read and stick them in a drawer. No, no, no,
2: no, no, no. Okay. No, Uh I read the things that you buy me that I have interest in reading.
1: Is common nonsense not still sitting in a drawer unread? Yeah, because
2: what gave you the impression (laughs) that I wanted to read that?
1: It's because it's a fantastic biography yeah, but of Glenn like Beck. It's like
2: your niche of thing. I don't <laughs> care about Glenn Beck. I do this podcast because I like you, not because I like the things that we talk about. <laughs> but I'm interested in what makes fascism fascism. I'm interested in The Cruelty Being the Point, which is mm-hmm. the Adam Serwer book that you talked about, about yep. which is also very good, but not on my bookshelf because I read it last year. Okay. Um,. But yeah, Anatomy of Fascism. Great diagnosis of what it is to be fascist, what the what fascist movements are, how they arise. Um, super interesting. I think fairly accessible book. Um, yeah, it's not. It's it's, you know, it's rigorous without being uh, off-putting in in that sense i think it's it's kind of made to be read so which is good um, and, and i
1: think we've said it before but paxton is the historian that dinesh d'Souza tricked into being in uh one of his documentaries that we've watched <laughs> yeah. by just not telling him that it was him <laughs> and just showing up to do the interview and paxton doesn't know what dinesh looks like no no <laughs> i do love that little tidbit about <laughs> those two it's weird this is very weird
2: it is weird. Okay, your next one.
1: My next one, Benedict. It is a video game. Uh, okay. And it's not going to be any surprise because it's one of the games of the year Alan Wake 2. Okay. Boy. They just, Remedy knocked it out of the park with Alan Wake 2. And you don't know anything about Alan, about Alan Wake. Not a thing. Uh, I did recommend to you the Alan Wake series. You one did. And two. That's true. Uh, don't play American Nightmares, it's not worth it. Uh, but Alan okay. Wake 1 and 2, fantastic games uh, made by Remedy. If you're into gaming, you know about Alan Wake. You know about Sam Lake. You know about what happened at the Game Awards where they did the, the whole song and everything. And the game is just fantastic. It's such great storytelling. It's one of those things that always gives me hope that gaming will be accepted as a storytelling medium uh, because it is. It's it's like a couple episodes ago, I don't remember when, you said something about how you don't think that we'll be reading books in the year 2500 or whatever. Uh,
2: I don't think we'll be reading books in the year 2050. Yeah. Like. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, uh, you said, uh, I think that what you said more more to the point is that you don't think there will be another great American novel. That is exactly um, what I said. I, I think you that. might be right. And then the funny part is Alan Wake, it's the studio. Remedy is, is Finnish, actually. It's not even American. Okay. Uh, they're going to make the great Finnish game. Uh, sure. but, but it is all set in the United States and everything uh, mm. and in a other realm. Uh, but uh, I think that gaming may be the place where some of our greatest storytelling goes in the future. I really do. Uh, because there's such prospects for it as a medium to use to tell stories, and they've done it so well in Alawite too.
2: Good. Um, yeah, I think isn't uh, uh, Charlie Booker didn't he get some of his start in either like game reviewing or game writing or something?
1: I don't know. Um, the Black
2: Mirror guy, you know?
1: I don't know where he got. Us. I, that's. True. I think he I just was a video
2: games. It. I think he was a video games journalist maybe uh i just so,
1: pulled i just pulled up his wikipedia and i can tell you that online he wrote for the tv go home website uh, but i don't know it uh oh he okay it looks like he covered no that's not it i don't see anything i don't see anything having to do with video games i think
2: he was on a video game beat or maybe. something maybe
1: could have been the case who knows uh but a lot of, i think we're going to see video games taken much more seriously in the near future because it is a serious medium that can tell great yeah. stories that's yeah. that mine what's your next one um
2: my next one is paul preston's spanish civil war book i think it's one of the two best books on the spanish civil war the other being anthony beavers um it's just called the spanish civil war he is an oxford historian um who specializes in in uh 20th century spanish history just really worth reading he's uh again like uh, very anti-franco so that's well okay i mean he charts the rise of franco and and all the all the stuff around franco through the spanish civil war which is really interesting i always find the franco stuff really interesting i figured and, you would uh, either have uh, a
1: spanish civil war book or a haitian revolution book on your yep, list also
2: great uh <laughs> the black jacobans i can also recommend that that's a really 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 good book uh, again read it last year but uh yeah that's it's it's also well worth reading what about your next one?
1: My next one, Benedict. This is another video game, uh, okay. and it's uh, less of a serious story-driven video game, but also the story component of it is done pretty damn well. Uh, Last Train Home, which was just released okay. a couple weeks ago, it's by THQ Nordic. It's an RTS game, so real-time strategy, where you have yep. a bunch of soldiers, you click and tell them where to go and what to do and whatnot. But they, it, I didn't imagine anyone would ever make a, a, a RTS game based. I actually didn't know about this event until I played the game. It's about the revolt of the Czechoslovak Legion oh, after World okay. War I and the, the journey on the Trans-Siberian Railway to get through Russia and get home. It Jeez. follows, like, literally, it's, the game is bleak. They, they've said it so wonderfully where you are constantly just, you don't have yeah, enough great. supplies. Yeah, great, let's do the video
2: game version of fucking come and see. And that, like, <laughs> sounds great
1: you don't have enough supplies you are struggling you are losing soldiers you're trying to keep everyone alive you have to worry about the cold and starvation so it's and it's the it's
2: the fucking wagon game that you play it's, but
1: Oregon it's, you know what Oregon Trail is not <laughs> far off if Oregon Trail had an RTS component to it that would be a lot like what Last Train Home is honestly you pretty much nailed it right on the head there great right. Uh, but it's pretty fantastic, I, and it does something that I have missed in RTS games, and it does just a little bit of it, which is full motion cutscenes, where you have actors who are acting out. But, so, like, the original Command & Conquer series um, and games like that, where they had, like, some of those games had some pretty serious actors in them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Command & Conquer, I think it's Red Alert 2. Uh, I'm just going to look up uh, who was on the cast of that now, uh, because that cast was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, b- 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 It was. Uh-huh. I'll, t- I'll tell you in just a second.
2: I'm I'm fascinated. I'm
1: I'm sure you are. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Ray Wise. Uh, where's the full cast? Why is it? Okay, here we go. Click on IMDb. It'll tell me there. Uh, let's see. Udo Kier who was in Command and Conquer too. Okay. Com- Ray Wise. Uh, bu- 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 bu, Let's see uh, None of these other names Anyway, it doesn't matter There's so many They used to do this with RTS games Where these acted interstitial cutscenes That you had to watch Until you got to play the little portion And it was so great that they used to do that And they do a little bit of that now in this game There's not like a whole I don't know who the, the person you see most of In the little acted cutscenes are He's not somebody famous or anything But still it's great And I'm really happy about it And they need to bring that back in games
2: Okay our next one. My last one then, uh, I suppose, is um probably well, I think I, everyone was like, Yeah, Oppenheimer is the best film, and Killers of the Flower Moon is the best film. That's fine. I kind of I agree with. Still both haven't seen those. either of them. Both both great. Both really, really good films. Um I'm gonna give some props to a movie called Past Lives, which is a um Korean movie about like missed connections, basically, and uh it's it talks about you know that it's kind of about the immigrant experience and coming to america as a korean and how you fit in and do you connect with your home country still uh how do you connect with your home country what what do those connections look like are the are the people that you were had relationships with in the past are they still the same if you see them again it's just a very like uh, you know i think it plays to my kind of and obviously my immigrant experience is the same because no two immigrant experiences are the same but it does play to that a bit for me of like, you know, who am I? <laughs> like, where am I? Where am I from? Um, but then also, there's a there's a relationship element there of like, you know, people drifting apart, and then what happens when they come back together, and and things like that, and especially if one person's already in a new relationship and all that stuff. It's really good. I think I'm underselling it, but it is very good. You, you um, are really you are known
1: it. for your underselling.
2: Yeah, which is why people should trust me because I have good fucking taste. <laughs> But I sometimes undersell things.
1: Okay, while you were doing that, though, I did look up the cast of other Command & Conquer games, and I got more names for you. Okay, Uh, great. Michael Ironside was in one of the Command & Conquer games. Gina Carano (laughs) was in Red Alert 3. I don't know Uh, who that is. Gina Carano, she's the one who got fired from Star Wars and had to do Daily Wire movies now. Oh, cool. (laughs) She was in Red Alert 3.
2: (laughs) Great. Why did Uh, she get fired from Star Wars? Bigotry. Oh, cool, yeah. Uh,
1: Tim (laughs) Benedict. Tim Curry was in Red Alert too. That's Tim weird. Curry. It's not weird. He was great in that game. He was fantastic. Also, George Takei. Okay. And Jonathan Price. All of these people have been in Command and & Conquer. And James Earl Jones was in a Command & Conquer game.
2: That's a lot of different people to be in a Command & Conquer they game. They got great
1: say. actors back in the day. I wanted to bring that back. I'm sorry to trample okay. on your parade.
2: It's fine. Go on then. Do your last one.
1: <laughs> My last one, Benedict. I'm doing an album. Uh, for my final one of the year. It's uh, it's the album that I was playing you a song from earlier Mm. uh, as we uh, jumped on our call to start the The show. The Ron Paul album? (laughs) No, not the Ron Paul music video uh, that I played. I did play for you because you said you didn't remember how it went. Which Uh, is true. (laughs)
2: It turns out I was mostly right. It goes, Ron Paul, but a bit more Still, You
1: just heard it and you can't get the cadence right. right. Ron Paul, you're close enough. Yeah. Uh, no, I am recommending the Jungle album, Volcano. Uh, a lot of people probably remember earlier in the year. Uh, one of the songs off that album, back on '74, blew up. It was all over the place. The music video was just killing it all over, um, and uh, the whole album is fantastic. Not it's just interesting. That one song.
2: the uh, The music video as a form. Because it generally, I think, had died, and I think TikTok has probably brought it back.
1: Yeah, I think you might be right. Like, uh, um, well, you know, there which was I hadn't considered YouTube.
2: until I just said it out loud. You know, there
1: was a lot of YouTube uh, big music videos. Yeah. That hit. This is America, obviously, had pretty, pretty uh, big. I think it, without the, the video, it wouldn't have had the, the success yeah, that it had. Because it's not a good song. Yeah, but the video. Yeah, the video is great, but but it's not a good song. Uh, But yeah, I definitely agree with you that without the music video, that song would not have been anywhere near as successful as it was because those dancers are absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, Will West, I think, is the name of the male dancer that everyone thinks of from that video, who is like sort of the leader of the little pack near the end there he's just spectacular and Mm -hmm. it's just that's that that was the uh the video that uh, like episodes ago i told you that i was jealous of people dancing as my hot yeah yeah i i because that video and it's okay boy it's still just so good every time i watch it it is
2: good yeah it's a good but those
1: those are our recommendations for the year all that stuff obviously there's plenty of great stuff out there beyond just what we recommend uh no only listen to what we
2: like kevin's lying Everything's bad except what we like. There's exactly. no such thing as personal choice.
1: I can't disagree with you, Benedict, but that will take us on to our next part of the episode for today, which is a look back over the past year. Benedict, sometimes it's nice that the year draws to a close to just uh, have a quiet moment of reflection, mm-hmm. think back on the horror we have experienced on this show over the, the last The
2: hor- horror we have brought to ourselves.
1: <laughs> but The horror I have brought to you, let's be Yeah, fair. that's true. <laughs> None of this is of your own choosing. Except no, you did none of choose this. manhood. You chose the book.
2: I, yeah, that's true. But, Patrick, um, let's start
1: off just with uh, some simple some simple questions for you. What was your favorite book that we have reviewed this year?
2: See, that's hard because we've only done three, right? Yeah. So, um,
1: Do you know which three? Do you remember?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Alex Jones one, uh, Shadow Reset. Wolves, Way of the, Sorry, yeah, The Great Reset, The Way of the Shadow Wolves, and then uh, the... Uh, the one we're doing now, manhood.
1: Yeah, yeah, those are the three.
2: Um, Manhood's which, not
1: the favorite for either of us. No, that's definitely no, I my don't splits. think so.
2: And I, I think, I think my favorite is probably different to yours. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think my favorite is probably the Shadow Wolves, just because I had such a fun time with it. No,
1: I'm a hundred percent with. I agree. It's okay. Also, my favorite of the year. Okay. All Shadow right. Shadow Wolves. Think... It does. I will say because before that we had been a, on a long string of books that were a drag. Like, yeah. we had done... No,
2: Alec, I think Alex Jones kind of broke Alex. that streak, yeah. Other than Alex, but
1: before that, like, we had been on a long run of just fucking trash, right? We had done Mark Levin, and we had done... But just a
2: lot of very similar stuff, I think, was the, the problem. Like, they all kind of repeat themselves a bit. Um, yeah,
1: it had been a bit boring, too, right? The, uh, I definitely think the Not to Man listen Yale, to. God and Man at Yale was just a fucking drag of a book. It really was.
2: Yeah. But only as a a participant in it, not as a (laughs) listener, because the listeners loved
1: it. I'm Um, sure. So we got to Great Reset, and that was fun. I definitely enjoyed that read. But I think the fact that we stepped out of our usual realm to do the Shadow Wolves um, and the fact that it was as wacky as we needed. Because yep. it was out there, man. It was, it was
2: crazy, <laughs> yeah. It was, it, was, it was weird and bad.
1: And we were still able to glean something about American politics from it somehow. Yep. <laughs> Just because yep. the, the dude actually believed the shit he was putting on the page. That is correct, yeah. And he kept reminding us that he believes yep. it.
2: He's like, no, this is actually what I think. <laughs> this, uh, well, because he does the intro where he's like, what if the deep state was real? And it's like, oh, we just read the Alex Jones book. This is the same. Like, this is no different.
1: And I think I texted you uh, a couple days ago uh, when Tucker did his interview with Alex Jones. Yeah, the other
2: than Mexicans, he was saying, Alex used the phrase
1: "other than Mexicans." Yeah, he Which used OTMs. Fun, that right? was really. I mean, it's it's horrible. It's horrifying that he would do that, but not really surprising. Steven Spielberg influence. <laughs> I wonder if Steven has ever been on Alex Jones. I don't remember if I ever looked into that. Surely we would have found that if he had been. i when honestly, you were looking
2: for Steven Seagal clips, you do think you'd have found a... Well, like, so, you know? I
1: mean, since Alex got wiped from YouTube, and that's where I usually go for clips, um, mm. if it had been like something on Alex's show, it might not have been saved on YouTube unless somebody else had copied down the video and reposted it somewhere. Mm. Um, but I, I don't recall if I ever thought to even look and see if Steven Seagal had ever been on Alex Jones' show um so listeners if you want to check that and if you find it uh i will force benedict to watch it i can guarantee you that much because that right. is a crossover to end all crossovers for us good stuff <laughs> so i think we agree uh shadow wolves best book we've done all year uh great I think reset so. great reset number two right yeah um, because definitely man- manhood yeah Yeah. Yeah. Great reset. I think when we came off of like Mark Levin, the fact that it gave me the stuff I really needed, like being able to look into his bullshit and do my fact checking that I love on that type Mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, And also just the insane wackiness where sometimes we just couldn't stop laughing our asses off at how ridiculous Mm -hmm. it was. That was fantastic. I loved it. It was really great. Manhood, on the other hand, we know how we're doing with that one right now. I'm not exactly satisfied. With what we have in front of us i think it's gotten a little better a little better with the more recent chapters i
2: i I actually don't mind it i think it's interesting i always think it's interesting when people are non-libertarian in their right-wingism because that Mm. hasn't i don't think that's generally been the default position in america i think everyone's like the 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 stated position until quite recently Mm -hmm. Along, among a lot of mainstream conservatives has been i just want smaller government and the government to stay out of people's lives blah 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 whereas i think a lot of the new wave is i want to control people's lives in the way that i think that government should be run so it's using the apparatus of the government in a very different way to the libertarian tradition that i think has been
1: yeah i think certainly for Around. our lifetimes. for our lifetimes that libertari- yeah the f- i yeah. would say faux libertarianism right because none of them are well i
2: i also i mean i i, I think i have a uh it, it, to me it's kind of a post-cold war thing of like i should just be allowed to do what i want to do like it, it's almost like you know it's it's after that, then it starts to break down a bit, I guess, yeah, in, into like, okay, now that we don't have an external enemy in in oh, like a boogeyman in the USSR that's a real rival for US hege- hegemony. Yeah, I guess China's emerging as that now to an extent, but we're not in a cold war with China. So you know, I think that's that's when the right starts to. So you know, 1992, people talk about that as the year of like Pat Buchanan. That's where that starts to emerge. I think is that like challenging of the the oh, traditional and, libertarianism that has yeah. that had dominated.
1: And, and we're going to be talking about Pat. So I have a list for later on in the episode. I'm just going to sort of give people an idea of what we're going to be talking about next year. Uh, because we've never actually done just a show about libertarianism. Mm-hmm. Or a, a, it'll probably be a mini series on libertarianism in the lunatic fringe. Um, be, and I think we kind of need to. Uh, not because it's particularly relevant to modern what's going on in this very moment, because it's been so developed, but because it's been so d- important to the development of the current ideology in the United States, right? Like mm-hmm. I think Paul Ryan's biggest mistake was thinking that everyone actually agreed with him with his sincere libertarianism. I think that a lot of, I think that he might have been one of the few actual sincere libertarians Mm -hmm. uh, and a big dum-dum, of course, and also had horrible things he believed in. Uh, But I think that might be part of the reason why he sort of, you know, shit the bed and gave up is that he actually thought people believed in that stuff and found Mm -hmm. out very quickly he was wrong. Might be part. Might have something to do with it. Yeah, so I think we'll definitely be talking maybe. about libertarianism. But I'll I'll get to what we're talking about next well, year. I, I think in a we also, bit.
2: and I, I'm sure this is on your list, but I think we probably do also need to talk about Pat Buchanan as well.
1: That is also on the list for next yeah. year. Um, and boy, that's gonna be a whole part of this. We'll get to it. We'll get to it when we talk about it. Uh, because uh, well, I do have a whole couple of things here in notes about what we're going to be doing next year, just to tell the people what we're to expect. because uh, I'm very excited about what we're going to mm. be doing next year. But, bad, let's move on to our next question. What was your favorite patron-only series we've done this year?
2: Uh, I think the Knowles Book Club has. Yeah, to that has to win um,
1: it. We're agreeing with too much. We need to disagree uh, on well, things. Well,
2: look, I think I mean, my we probably agree for different reasons. I think for me, it's it's nice to. Uh, talk about books that are good <laughs> um, but also uh, remind myself that I am smart because I-
1: <laughs> because listen to two dumb dumbs talk really- like, oh shit people are dumb <laughs> like okay <laughs> you really want to convince yourself of your superiority then yeah that's the way to do it yeah
2: listen to two idiots talk about a book that you know that they're wrong about
1: um, I think for me uh, there, there, is a, there is an element of that It's also for me the fact that it was just fun. It was just yeah, fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was a fun. lot of this other stuff is a little bit more toxic. Like, the TBH history stuff, I think, is also fun. But I keep, as I'm watching it, it's find myself... It's a bit myself... more
2: insidious, though, isn't it? Because exactly. it is for kids. And it's it feels a little more propagandary.
1: I keep sitting there finding myself remembering they're making this for kids. Oh, that's so gross. And the <laughs> this fact isn't that, like... for me. <laughs> now it's played in Florida classrooms or whatever, you know? That kind of shit makes it just a little bit tainted. A little yeah. bit harder to enjoy than everything else. And then, of course, like... I love doing police State 2000 but I will I, I will hey I will agree with your critique that maybe it stretched on a bit longer than it needed to do I would okay? say
2: that it stretched on about eight episodes longer <laughs> than it needed
1: to it went a lot of episodes because re- we were only able to do like 15 minute chunks at a time yeah
2: because you wanted to play the whole thing
1: because I didn't want anyone to say we were taking it out of context
2: nobody will that fucking say that because nobody listened I
1: know I'm just saying I'm just saying. That's why I had to do it. But, you know, I also think that was very fun. I mean, my favorite part of that, one of my favorite things of the year will always be the entire portion of that documentary where Alex was complaining about seatbelt checkpoints. Yeah, that was fun. Kept that was, a, that to get was his opening
2: bit. <laughs>
1: we got like 25, 30 minutes of that entire documentary about how there's gonna be a new world over take, new world order takeover and UN troops marching in about a seatbelt checkpoint in Texas. That's right. <laughs> it was fantastic. I loved it so much. Venic, on to the next one. What was your favorite Lunatic Fringe series episode of the year? This, I think is, the, probably this is the part where you get to compliment
2: me. The intellectual dim web. Really? Yeah, I did that, that's I, more, it overlaps with my interests a lot. Yeah, I know, because um, we did get
1: to talk about some people who you were into But I did leave well, I the number get, of they to cause say cause they're get their own episodes. A lot.
2: Right. Uh, which was good. I also liked, I don't know if you count this as your lunatic fringe, but I also did like the Babylon B one, that was fun.
1: That was just sort of, so um, my favorite, I'll say, my favorite was the right wing comedy episode, because okay. I finally got it fucking done after months of work i don't think
2: that's the same as favorite
1: (laughs) well i don't know if it is either but so that babylon b episode you're talking about was just like at some point i was like i got all these fucking videos we just have to i got i gotta gotta do something
2: spin off of it that's fine
1: (laughs) it was a spin off of it but i really enjoyed that um i like when i get to do these really deep dives on topics um and sometimes they turn into a series and uh, I do hope that in the, in the new year, I think that it, I know that in the new year, because I know what I have planned, uh, we're going to get more uh, depth in the Lunatic Fringe series. Um, and we're going to be getting into some new interesting topics and stuff. But before we get to that, bit, before we start talking about next year, I do, as I said, have one video for us to watch to ring okay. in the new year for all of us. Um, and I thought when I was thinking, what's what's something that really encapsulates this year? What is it that really will will just set us all in the right mood for twenty twenty three to finally be done and over. Okay. Can't be anything but George Santos, can it? Oh god. It has to be Did George you see Santos. His, his interview with Z-way. Benedict, that's what we're watching right okay. now. <laughs> all of it? People, No, no. We're just gonna watch some of it. Okay. Uh, because I don't know who has had the pleasure of enjoying this yet. Um I don't know. I had never heard of Z Way before. I never had. Oh she's uh, great. Funny thing, though, when I when I was looking into this to put the episode together, I saw like The Hill, you know, they have like their live news thingy that they do, every that people sitting in a news desk and talking about. Yeah, stuff. they had a thing about this interview that I clicked on accidentally because I thought it was the interview um, mm-hmm. and they kept calling her a journalist and uh, everywhere I see her credited, it's that's a comedian. I don't she's know like if a, the hill knows a, who a she sat- is.
2: I would say she's a satirist.
1: Okay, is she sort of like Jordan Klepper and stuff like? Because I I agree that you can be a satirist and do like you know you, the sat the point yeah, of your satire is I mean, I would say truth.
2: I would say she's much more biting than any of that. Like she's okay. one of the more biting satirists.
1: But everywhere um, I look, she's credited as a comedian. I don't know if she would call yeah. herself a journalist or not. But what she did sitting there with George Santos, I will say, is pretty fantastic it and is, I
2: think, that that's the vibe of her show is to like yeah. make the guests uncomfortable and try and make them say shit that they're like, oh fuck no, I don't mean that <laughs> like that's the that's her that's okay. Her okay, but and it's good.
1: I think we can all agree if any one person symbolizes 2023, it is George Santos. so why don't we give him his due hopefully his final due? And I should I should revise that I don't FBI I don't mean anything bad happening to him (laughs) I just mean I hope he goes away and we don't have to deal with him anymore That's what I mean Why don't we see what George Santos had today had to say sitting down for this interview
3: Oh my god legs all for days look at you you. let me me just say hi to you
0: Tonight One jokester and a national joke sit across from each other in a bombshell interview.
1: That's just a great, I mean, like, this kind of stuff we see so often for purposes of this show, the right trying to do satire like this. Yeah. They can't pull it off for whatever reason. I don't know why, but they can't pull it off.
0: My first question for you is why? Why what? How would you? Again, perfect question interview someone without shame are rich people stupid what could we do to get you to go away that's sure to be explosive
3: can we speak somewhere like off real quick is this hot we're all hot all right whatever can we be mindful with the doj stuff
0: what do you mean by mindful let's (laughs) (laughs) i just so
2: (laughs) i think that he I don't think this is bad for him. Like, I think this is exactly what he wants.
1: You think this is what he wants?
2: Yep. Why? Because all he wants is exposure. Like, this is, like, well, she. I, I've, I, to, I've seen clips from this. And, like, he, she says to him, how can we get you to stop doing this? And he's like, stop inviting me on your shows. And she's yeah. like, so you think this is good? And he's like, yeah, this is great.
1: On some level, there is a little bit of George Santos was created by us. Yeah, like there and is also. A I mean, of that, that
2: that's true, but it's also the Trump thing of like you can only shame people if they have shame. True. You know, and like he he doesn't care. Like any expo- exposure, any exposure <laughs> for him is good, and like we may laugh along at it, but whatever. Like, you know, and it's fine. Like I I'd say you know he's not going to be, touch wood, he's not going to become a fascist president. No, but he's going like, to be in jail. Well, yeah, that's true. Um. But you know what I mean, like it kind of like this is all like this is all wash off him, apart from the going to jail. But like it doesn't, he doesn't care. He's made like a million dollars on cameo. Okay, the cameo
1: thing is ridiculous. Yeah, the cameo thing is particularly. I feel almost bad that I even joked that I wanted a cameo from him. (laughs) I actually do want one, but I can't. In all good conscience, I can't get. Do you know what's good though? And like,
2: (laughs) just giving him (laughs) more assets to be seized. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when he goes to jail.
1: It will all end up with Uncle Sam anyways. Yeah, okay, exactly. maybe, You're just maybe
2: I can for... get
0: a George Santos You know what, that's how, cameo.
2: that's how we're closing the budget deficit, is cameos <laughs> to
0: George Santos. That would be the way to do it. Let's assume for a second that you did actually do those crimes. The fraudster answers the questions on everyone's mind. What is empathy, if you think you have it? I couldn't define it. How could anyone... Platform and the disgraced. Could you dab? Allegedly racist. It's
3: like I don't I don't see I don't see color. I grew up You don't up...
0: see color. Allegedly transphobic. Do you believe in pronouns? No. Allegedly <laughs> far-right nut job?
3: Vida chica. No piensas.
0: Are you threatening me?
3: No.
1: congress
3: what did he say there?
2: Okay, he tries to say, don't start, I think. Okay. I think he's trying to say no us, but it would be no MPSS. No MPSS this is right. Um, but he he kind of flubs it. I think he, he says NPN says. Does he he's
1: speak he, Spanish I mean, or Portuguese? You speak both. Lived,
2: but. I speak both. That was Spanish. Okay. Um, and his name is Santos, so I guess that could be Portuguese too. Right, but didn't he spend um, time in Brazil? He lived, he lived in Brazil, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, the man's, the, honestly, can we say any fact for certain about the man? No. No. We probably can't.
0: Congressman Yukon, Z-Way News Network, starts now.
1: Collectors, you Oh, and then we get a fucking ad. God damn it. This is why doing a podcast is so hard. Kids never start a podcast.
2: Yep, especially with Kevin.
1: That that hurts. I know. Just a little bit.
2: Okay. I will say, while it loads, there is just a Birkin bag full of cash behind him. <laughs>
1: You know, they did nail the set dressing,
2: the didn't set they? The set dressing is great.
0: <laughs> You've been accused of lying to the American people. How long do you think it will be before you get called to be on Dancing with the Stars? <laughs> I'll pass. So you won't be calling Sean Spicer for advice? Yeah,
3: Sean Spicer. Uh, that I don't want to be Sean Spicer. Let's just call it that.
0: I think
1: Sean Spicer might be a step up. From his position.
2: Well, he's not in jail or about no, to be, so... I
1: think he still has a show on OAM. Probably. Maybe, maybe it he
2: got canceled? canceled. Didn't he do a semester no, okay. at Kennedy School as well?
1: I think, actually, we might have played a video this year where Sean Spicer said, this is my last episode on OAN." Um, I, I seem to vaguely remember we might have seen part of his final
0: episode. He's reading already. You've compared yourself to Rosa Parks saying, if she didn't sit in the back of the bus, you shouldn't have to either, meaning you didn't want to sit in the back of Congress. How else are you like our beloved civil rights leaders?
3: Rosa Parks, believe it or not, is one of my favorite political figures.
0: Why wouldn't? Honestly, I I think if you
1: sat down with George Santos and you just rattled off a list of famous U.S. political figures, somehow every single one of them would be one of his favorite U.S. political Well, figures.
2: again, she does that later in the interview, where she's <laughs> like, hey, do you know who uh, Marsha P. Johnson is, who James Baldwin is, who, like, all these other people. We Not took a walk through Marsha P.
1: Johnson Park the other we day. We did, When yeah. we were at uh, your yeah. I mean, We did. when did I believe? You used the restroom at Marsha P. Johnson
2: Park. <laughs> exactly. Solidarity,
3: I guess. I had a portrait of her in my office. I think that speaks for itself.
1: How else are you? Okay. I hope I don't know if anyone has done this yet. I hope that people have looked into whether or not there actually was a photo of her in his office. Oh, I'm sure can't. there are photographs of his office. I hope that someone has looked to see if he was lying on that, because I, I, you know, we can't take anything he says at face value.
0: So you like Rosa Parks?
3: I, I used an analogy. It, I'm not like Rosa Parks. Come on, it, I could never measure. Let's just put it that way.
0: Can I list civil rights icons and you tell me what they mean hey, to yeah. you? Marsha P. Johnson,
3: very respectful, honorable person. Keep going.
0: Respectful and honorable
3: about what? Uh, on all the stances and all the work. <laughs> oh my
0: Marsha god! Marsha P. Johnson. Yeah. What does that
2: mean?
1: <laughs> Just all the, he doesn't
3: know who the fuck she is. He has I, think, no
2: clue. I think he might because he's like I think I no honestly I think he might because
1: because he's a, a weird transphobe
0: gay man.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Keep going.
0: Next. You don't know her. She yeah, I just, do.
3: Keep going. Do you? I do. Go. Just keep going. Yeah, that's what people say when they know who you're talking no, about.
2: No, because I think he just doesn't want to give his actual opinion about her, But he, because he does say that he doesn't know who James Baldwin is in a second. So. Do
1: you think uh, – here's an honest question about George Santos. Pure speculation. Do you think most of his right-wing beliefs are positions he doesn't actually hold and he's just lying? Yes. Yes. I think it's possible that, that might be the yes. case. He's just been grifting this entire world. yes, entire anything is possible with him. Anything yes. is possible. James Baldwin,
0: huh? James Baldwin. Who the hell is James
1: Baldwin? Who the hell is James Baldwin? I want a T-shirt that says "Who the hell is James Baldwin?" You can't get that George Santos. Okay, all right. You need to it have has it to have the George Santos yeah. on it, so yeah, everyone knows yeah, it's Yeah, a yeah, yeah. You
3: can't yeah. just yeah.
1: <laughs> and I want to walk around Brooklyn with you wearing that shirt. Yeah. Okay.
3: Who's James Baldwin?
0: Harvey Milk.
3: I have no clue who that is.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay, now I think he's lying that he's gay, honestly.
2: (laughs) No, he knows who Harvey Milk
3: is, that's a lie.
0: What about Bowen Yang doing an impression of you on SNL?
3: I think he deserves an EGOT.
0: Would you like Bowen Yang to play you in the HBO biopic?
3: That movie's not ever gonna happen. Why not? The book has no perspective of me or anybody close to me. It's a fiction.
0: Oh. You love fiction, though. Nicki Minaj. Queen. You're, are you a Nicki fan?
2: Yeah. Civil rights a... icon Nicki Minaj. She's listing civil rights icons. And she went Nicki you know, Minaj look, as um, the fourth one.
1: Everything Nicki went through to protect her friend's cousin's balls. Swollen um, balls. I think we part. really can say she did some great work. I think we really can say it.
3: Okay, From let's it, get to the end of this bit. bit, and, then, bit yeah, rant, and then and that's Bing verses for you.
0: Pull up in the monster automobile. Gangster with a bad
3: bitch that came from Sri Lanka. <laughs> <laughs> of everyone on that
1: list, Nikki's the only one I think he actually knows. Yep. <laughs> I think we're done with the video, Benedict. I just thought we needed some laughter to end the year. That was fun. And uh, yeah, Everyone like I should said... go watch
2: the Z-Way video, though, because it's fucking great. Yeah, you should, hey, will be all the, the shit. It's It'll... so uncomfortable, but it's so fucking good. It'll be linked good the I, 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 like... Not that I ever would, but you know, just I,
1: you know, I usually don't like that sort of cringe comedy. No, but it's I think great. a lot of these people do it well, like her, and I think Jordan Klepper, who I always bring up, I think does it pretty well. The the Good Liars guys do it pretty well uh, by just letting people speak, asking the awkward questions, uh, and letting them say whatever it is. I think they do it pretty well, and it's pretty yep. entertaining. Anyways, Benedict, that brings us to finally looking forward twenty twenty four. 2023 is in the rear view. 2024 is in the four view mirror. (laughs) I have an elaborate system of mirrors in my car. That's how I drive. I don't look through uh, through windows. Uh, It's very strange. Uh, But Benedict, do you have any predictions? For the year 2024. Ugh, oh, no. I know I didn't ask you for any before we started recording, but nope. do you have any? Nope. 2024?
2: And this is nope. this is what you got Not get, even not... about
1: uh your beloved Liverpool footy ball. Liverpool club? footy
2: ball. Yep, that's it. Yep, you got it. You nailed it. Yeah. Um, they won't win the league again. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, I'm gonna say Liverpool will win the league. Actually, I'm gonna will it. I'm gonna manifest right.
1: manifest it into existence. All right. And I I have one prediction, and this is because. In the past, all of my predictions have failed. Um, and my prediction is that Trump is going to win Ugh. in November. Uh, and I'm really hoping that my jinx prediction it. fails yet again. Yes, I'm hoping I'm a jinx. I'm hoping I am a jinx. Uh, that's the only one I have. Honestly, 2023 was a pretty fucking anxiety-inducing year, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I 2024
2: think is not going to be better.
1: It's not going to be much better going into it. But speaking of what will be much better, Benedict... We have a whole bunch of fun stuff coming to the show for 2024. We have plans on plans on plans, as Mm -hmm. they say, as the kids say. Um, We're going to be, what are other kid phrases? Bet, Daddy-O. We're going to be gooning. Doolally.
2: Doolaloo, whatever it is.
1: We are at that age finally now where we don't know what the new lingo is as soon as it it starts. (laughs) You're much hipper and cooler than me. I could be honest about that. Yeah. Uh, but we do have some bunch of fun stuff coming to the show for the next year. And uh, I think first and foremost is that I've said all along, we're going to be finishing the Charlottesville arc of the uh, Lunatic Fringe series. Uh, it's just sort of something I've been putting off because I don't exactly know how to do it. Um, but I have plans in the works. Uh, just me sitting down and writing uh, is really what it takes to get that all done. And I am hopeful that we'll be able to do that early in the year. But other than that, obviously, we have planned that we're going to be doing the Ted Cruz book at least next year. Mm -hmm. Um, So that'll be one of the books that we do. And, you know, as always, we like it when our audience gives us input. So if there are other things that you come across that you think would be really fun, I've already suggested to Benedict the uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene book. It might be impossible to get a used copy because no one's bought it. But (laughs) if we can... (laughs) <laughs> that I think that might be something worth cracking. There's was a delayed laugh from you there. Uh, might be something worth cracking open and taking a look at. Uh, but other than that, there are a bunch of things that I, I really want to do. And one of them in particular is I think we're going to spend a good portion of next year talking about, as I was saying earlier, libertarianism.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: part of that is going to start with us talking, I think we'll probably have an uh, episode about the, the history of the philosophy of libertarian libertarianism thought, uh, libertarian thought, uh, mm-hmm. going back to when it was founded. Or I Do you found a philosophy? I don't really know. You created a philosophy, whatever the phrase is, uh, and how it has developed throughout the decades. Um, and that is also, of course, going to lead into probably what I am most excited for next year, which is I think the patrons already know about this, because we talked about it on a patron-only bonus episode, uh, which is that we are going to be having definitely, 100%, Benedict can't stop it, a series about Ayn Rand and Atlas Shrugged.
2: I can't stop um, it. I can just not log in. <laughs> I, I,
1: I will climb the stairs to your fifth floor walk up and mm. drag you out and stick a microphone in your face. I will make it happen one way or another because, as the patrons also know, Benedict's Christmas present for me this year was a PS5. The entire reason for that gift was so that I could force him guilt to play him,
2: guilt me into playing Bioshock I and doing could
1: finally get you to play Bioshock. Because I don't think that in the year 2023, you can talk about Ayn Rand and Atlas Shrugged without talking about Bioshock. I think Bioshock has added that much to the compendium. Of Atlas Shrugged and Ayn Rand. It's now very,
2: canon from out. Okay.
1: Despite the fact that Ayn Rand's book is, I, 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 it's sitting right there. I forget how long, but it's like 500, 600 pages, uh, Atlas Shrugged is. Despite the fact that it is that long, Bioshock added much more in analysis to her entire political ideology than those five or 600 pages worth did. So I, I am super excited for that. I think once you play the game and read the book, you will. You'll see what I'm talking about. You'll get it uh, because you're a smart guy. You're I am a, a smart guy. You're a smart fella and a fart smeller, as they say. Mm. Uh, so I think you'll you'll really I think you'll enjoy BioShock for one, okay. uh, if you play it the way I told you to. You got to listen to all the audio logs. Um, you gotta you gotta look at look around and enjoy the world. Uh, pick up the story that's sitting there just for you to to get.
2: I'm bad at that. I'm a very, like, I'm not doing any side quests. I'm going through the main story as well, fast you know, as I can. I'm a bit it's, of a.
1: It's not exactly a, a side quest kind of game. It's just sort of a look around, and uh, uh, we'll talk about it another time. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you basically what you need to do to really get what Bioshock's trying to get at there. Uh, but I'm super excited for that because. So we're going to be talking about Ayn Rand, we're going to be talking about Objectivism, which is her supposed philosophy, which is itself an offshoot of libertarianism and which many people, I think if you were to look at libertarianism in the United States as practiced, it is probably closer to Ayn Rand's objectivist philosophy than any other form of like classical libertarianism or anything. I think that Ayn Rand probably had a massively outmoded impact on libertarianism in the United States compared to anyone else. Um, And part of that is, is things like you know, all the dark money that was flooding into these libertarian groups in the 80s and 90s, 2000s. Uh, go read Dark Money. That's also a great book. Uh, you can read all about that sort of stuff. Um, coupled with, I think, the other side of that equation was sort of um, the, the southern segregationists and white supremacists who held on to this states' rights idea um, and, and all this stuff who wanted to call themselves libertarians. Uh, even though they most definitely wouldn't qualify under the more classical definitions. It's a super exciting topic, and I'm very excited to get into it. Uh, You all just need to constantly pressure Benedict on Twitter to finally go ahead and read Atlas Shrugged and play the game so we can get that one done. That's that's how that one's going to happen. Great. Other things we have planned for the upcoming year, I think Benedict, you haven't committed to it, but you have pondered the possibility of doing an episode yourself. Yep. Uh, about uh, either the Spanish Civil War mm. or international fascism or something like that. Uh, and I'm, I'm certainly excited for that. Not only because I like having a break every now and then, uh, but also because I know how much you fucking love the Spanish Civil War and I think you're super Hold excited on. to talk I about I do not it. love okay. the Spanish
2: Civil War. <laughs> I am fascinated by the Spanish Civil War. Probably
1: better phrasing, yeah. yeah I,
2: I know how much you love Generalissimo Francisco Franco, so... <laughs>
1: i think one time a memory from my childhood that just brought up is like i was in costco with my mom around christmas time trying to figure out what to get my grandpa and we went past that book section they have at costco it's like a mm-hmm. big bin just full of books and it's always like it's always all the best sellers and then there's like big coffee table books and one of them was vietnam and i looked at it and i said to my mom oh you get it, grandpa this book he loves vietnam and some dude in like his fifties who was also standing there at the book bin went. The people who were there didn't.
2: <laughs> you know, sir, that is a great point. That is a great point. They did not, nor did the Vietnamese.
1: Yep, yeah, perfectly valid point, sir. Perfectly valid point. Uh,
2: <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. I might do that, or I might do Argentina. I think either either could be interesting.
1: I'm gonna say it right here. I'll let you do as many episodes as you wow, want. So that's you can kind. do both. You can do. I both. just
2: kind of think it should be a different show, but that's fine. It's <laughs> it's okay.
1: But uh, I also think part of our plans for the next year is I think we're gonna get a little bit more historical. Yay, I've, yeah, yeah, love that. I've really enjoyed our episodes that get more, you know, a little bit further back into the past. The fifties, the sixties, hell, at this point, it's twenty twenty three, right? The eighties are historical at this point, right? Uh, then I mean, the nineties, we were alive, but that ca- at this point, like. It's hist- I don't Are we old, Benedict? Are we old? Yeah, yeah, at this no, point? no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I do like looking back into the past as opposed to our current day because the current day depresses me. So I think we are going to be doing a little bit more of that. We're going to be looking at the development a lot of these political movements that have happened in the United States. Uh, we're going to be looking at a lot of the ideas. Uh, that have been developed in the United States that have impacted our political thought. I have a couple in the works that have just tickled my fancy and that I've started putting some, uh, some words down on paper on. And then, of course, we've got one I promised a couple uh, months ago, but I have got some books I've read that no one should ever read, uh, written by white supremacists, that I think it's important to analyze not only for how shitty are they as books, but also for their historical impact. So we're going to be looking at things like the Turner Diaries, which I had to explain to your wife the other night. You did, yeah. <laughs> and my explanation to her went on way too long, too. Too long. <laughs> her eyes glazed over then, Within a minute.
2: You're like, well, we have to begin in 1972.
1: <laughs> no, I think, I think I did start in the 70s, but it wasn't 72. Yeah. Uh, but yes, so we got a ton of really exciting stuff coming up in the next year. And that sort of brings me to the last thing that I wanted to say on today's episode. And that is that this year has been incredible for this show and for mm-hmm. both of us. Um, I cannot say enough how much I love our listeners. The fact that every time an episode goes up, I start getting notifications on my phone that people are commenting in on it on Patreon. Or they're tweeting things at me as they're listening to the episode, correcting me when I need correction. This no one, one ever corrects me, things. which I can only
2: assume means I'm right all the time.
1: <laughs> I actually can't think of a single time someone's corrected something well,
2: you Well, you, to be fair, say a lot more than
3: I do, so that's <laughs> fine.
1: I'm sure you've gotten something wrong. Somebody correct Benedict. No. Uh, but it really means a lot to us, right? This is a hobby for me and Benedict. But it's something that we've enjoyed doing so much that we've kept doing it. We just talked about it the other day. How long have we been doing it? Six years? Seven years? Uh, something like that? We've Not been this year. We've
2: been doing Well, we've been, well, doing we've been podcasting
1: things. together for, for six or seven years now. Yeah. Um, and it's just something that we really enjoy doing. And um, we wouldn't enjoy doing it without the audience and without the feedback and without the interaction because I think that's really what it's all about. A, I get to come on this show every once a week I almost said every day, uh, maybe in the future. Uh, if you want to you wanna put us over the top, maybe we can do this for a living. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> the fact that I get to come on once a week, talk with my best friend for an hour or so, um, and then also interacting with everyone else who enjoys this show, I can't tell you how much it means to me. Um, it really is something incredible. And I'm looking forward to a whole lot more of that in 2024. The mm-hmm. show has grown. The show continues to grow. We get more listeners every year. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to where we're going in the future. Um sorry I stole all the thunder, Benedict. Did you wanna say anything nice? no. <laughs> <laughs> Benedict
2: don't know. would like it's, a it's, nap. I am ending the show as I begin every show, which is with a yawn. <laughs> um and no, I think that it is weird, um, in a positive way that people care what we think about stuff and i will never get used to that um or like think i'm funny but you know whatever yeah it's just weird i like i think i'm funny but it's nice to have some validation (laughs) for that you know and i'm fine just thinking i'm funny and that's cool but the fact that hundreds of people think i'm funny is pretty cool maybe maybe they just listen to you maybe they all hate 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 me me. you never know you never know
1: (laughs) But, uh, no but I... you know
2: what I mean? you know it, it, it just it you know i think the it does reinforce my idea that like having actual uh, any level of real fame would fundamentally break your brain in a horrific oh, yeah. way oh yeah because uh, even like with the the modest audience that we have whom as you say i do love that we have love them all it's just like oh okay uh, people care what i think and i must be a god <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> which is not true at all. Uh, I am
1: a golden God.
2: <laughs> exactly. I am the golden calf. Uh, but no, keep listening. Share it with your friends. Uh, make me even more of a God than I already am. Thank you. And good night.
1: <laughs> you heard him say it. Uh, I am, you know, like I echo everything Benedict said. It, it is weird, right? We talked about this occasionally. It's very weird. Just the fact that people want to listen to us. Yeah. It's strange. because It's never something we imagined before uh but we're super excited for where the show is going where we can go and everything that is to come and we yep. know that a lot of you some of you didn't have that great of 2023 um and uh we hope that everyone's 2024 is as wonderful as it possibly can be and uh with all that Benedict, oh one last thing i should have said this in the update section i should have said uh because we did say that our first episode of the new year is going to be an ask me anything type thing mm-hmm. uh, so if you have any questions uh, I said it last week, but I'm saying on this week, just in case people didn't get it. Uh, send us uh, questions you have over at Patreon or on Twitter. You can reach us. Uh, anything could be just uh, weird stuff. Could be, uh, you know, who who do we think is the politician most likely to fall into a banana cream pie? I don't know. Ask us questions. And uh, it's Ted try- Cruz.
2: That's Ted Cruz. <laughs> Definitely. I'll ask that one now. I just be. I can just see him being tricked into putting a whole banana yeah.
1: cream pie in his face. He could. He could. Uh, oh, there was somebody. I forget who. Matt Gates. Somebody stood up in an event and gave him an award for uh, you know going after underage girls or something. That kind of thing happens. Did uh, you see
2: that? Did you ever see that video of Suela Braverman that happened where she was awarded the Dick of the Year? That I know. Any I, I think I you.
1: saw that the other day. I think yeah. you sent it to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But uh, anyways, we're super excited for next year. Can you tell? Um, uh, Send us your questions, and we'll go through as many as we can in the new year. Uh, We might just do a chill little episode where we answer some questions and maybe look at some fun New Year's-style videos. But that is it for this week's episode. And Um, this year. And this year, the final episode of the year 2023. Thank you all once again for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, I am not going to read off our patrons this time on this episode. I hope you will all forgive me because instead, what I would prefer to do right now is say 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Happy Happy New Year. Year! Goodbye. Goodbye.